Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Welcome today. I am excited that you are with us today because you're going to so thoroughly enjoy my guest today and walk away with added information that's going to help you in whatever transition you are going through. You know, I met this delightful lady at a workshop, really. Uh, she had come to the States, and we were learning how to do so to, to get our message out there to the, the world. And she has such a warm and drawing-in spirit about her that I immediately started talking with her and um, exchanging some ideas. Her name is Josh Hobson. Now, let me tell you a little bit about her other than she's a delightful, warm person. She believes that we are all so much more powerful than we have recognized, and she loves assisting people transform into all that they are and have the potential to be. Her journey started as a curious young child, but was really nudged when she experienced a spontaneous remission of a brain tumor after one energy session. Initially, she trained and worked as a registered clinical psychologist in a variety of settings, lectured at university, and then retained in the Theta Healing Technique, which we'll be speaking more about today, but it is a meditative technique utilizing a spiritual philosophy for improvement and evolvement of mind, body, and spirit. She has been fortunate to work with many phenomenal people over many years through her practice, serving more than 10,000 plus sessions with clients and, and interesting students. She lives on a farmlet on the outskirts of New Plymouth, New Zealand. How exciting. She lives there with her husband and children and wakes almost every day, being extremely thankful to be alive in this wonderful place. She has a lifelong fascination with discovery, who you are, and how to heal and fulfill our life's purposes. I love her motto, Josh. It's Joss. It's just so pretty. Her personal motto is joyfully and lovingly achieved all I came to do. Oh, beautiful. Welcome, Josh. Am I saying that right? Joss? Yes. Yes. It's an unusual name for me, (laughs) but pretty. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. It's very nice to be here. And I have to say, you know, I'm not used to hearing an introduction like that for me. It's, I'm sitting here smiling, listening to it. So thank you. (laughs) Oh, well, it was indeed a pleasure. And you just emit that warmth and um, openness. When when I met you, certainly, and we were in a room of over 250 or 300 people. So um, I'm so pleased that we got to spend that time together. Now, likewise. Yeah. Now, I like, you know, you. I mentioned I just breezed by this brain tumor, but what at what age was this that you experienced such a traumatic um, issue with your life? Uh, oh, it was in my late 20s, in my late oh. 20s. Yeah, mm-hmm. a long time ago. And it was it was benign, so it wasn't going to be, you know, it was a 
I was fortunate in that way and I was on medication and it was just, you know, ticking away. I was carrying on working and it wasn't really getting any smaller. And I had started singing, which is a huge passion of mine. And one of the women mm. I yeah, I love it. One of the women I was singing with was a teacher who was retraining as a massage therapist and she said, you know, I was, I was quite tired and she said, Look, come, I'll give you a massage. So, um, you know, at that stage, I was deeply in clinical psychology and, you know, scientific-based mm-hmm. practice. And I had no idea that she was actually training to do a, an energy modality. And if she told me that, I probably wouldn't have had the massage. But mm-hmm. I was lying on this massage table. And you know how you have your head down in the little hole on a massage yeah. table? Mm-hmm. So I was lying there, and I could feel her blowing on my hands. And I went, this is the weirdest massage. <laughs> <laughs> on earth are you doing and she said just look up and she wasn't even in the room so I have no (gasps) idea where this blowing you know she said she was working on my energy field and my chakras and I just went you my what because at that stage I hadn't even you know that we're talking 30 plus and um yeah it was extraordinary and so she she just said just I'll tell you about it later so I put my head back down and then I just had this really clear image of a part of my brain. And because I'd studied neuroanatomy and neuropsychology, mm-hmm. I had a sense of what it was. And mm-hmm. it, and I just saw this this part of the brain. It was really surreal. I just saw this part of the brain rotating and just becoming incredibly clear. And unbeknownst to me, my tumour disappeared. And it was the first time. And I, I carried on taking my medication. I got sick, had another MRI. And the doctor who was doing it, it was actually someone I worked with. And he went, Joss, I don't think you've ever had a tumour. I think it's you've been misdiagnosed. So we got out the old notes. And sure enough, yes, I had. It had just completely oh. gone oh. and no longer needed the medication. Mm. And, you know, the bizarre thing is that I knew so little about this sort of stuff that I just went, oh, well. And it wasn't until years later that I, you know, at that stage I was working in a diabetes centre and I was working with lots of people with chronic health issues. And, you know, it was a magic job. I loved it. I was there for seven years. And mm-hmm. I, I started to meet these people who were going, I don't think we need to have these things all our life the way people are saying. And part of me was going, yeah. I think I'm with you. And it wasn't until I actually retrained and do what I do now that I realized that it had been a spontaneous remission. So mm. it was, yeah, pretty interesting. That is fascinating. You mean she did an energy session on you and didn't ask? Well, no, she'd asked, my, she'd asked my permission to do the healing. I hadn't oh, taken uh-huh. on board. I didn't really understand. I hadn't taken on board. But, oh, no, yeah. she, she absolutely got permission. Yeah. <laughs> I was going, <laughs> what? <laughs> oh no, she's very, very. Difficult. We will not share her name. <laughs> oh, look, I no, have shared I'm... with many people because she's just phenomenal and she's yeah. very ethical. And yeah, she had asked my question what I'm meaning. So it's good you clarified that actually. What what I was meaning by that is that I didn't fully understand what it all meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was I wasn't ready to. Yeah, right. quite interesting. Yeah, and I've met loads of people since who have had similar experiences. So mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So then after that, um, how quickly did it take you to change your direction or start embellishing your psychology uh, therapy with with? Well, thing did is you combine I- them? Can you combine them? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I um, I had already been interested in it, and I remember. When I had, was doing my intern intern year in the late eighties, early nineties, um, showing my age there, I <laughs> read a book by a psychiatrist, John, someone Peck or Scott, some I've forgotten his name, called The Road Less Travelled. And at that time, he was yes. talking about fact. Have you read that or heard of it? Yes, yes, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, good book. And at that stage, I remember, you know, I was so caught up in studying for my exams and making sure that I was up to date with all the information and had all the techniques that we could use. And I and I remember going, there's something significant about this book. I'll lock it away for later. And mm-hmm. I had been reading Barbara Ann Brennan, you know, Healing Hands of Light and mm-hmm. her um, type work. So it wasn't that I was unfamiliar. I just hadn't really started to take it on board. And after that, I did. So yeah. after that, I, I started to feel a little bit disillusioned with some of the 
some of the aspects of the way the medical system that I was working in was going. And that for me, it felt like it was getting way more Mm fear-based and um, as opposed to love-based and, you know, which is is just with the way the world's gone with the litigation and things like that. Definitely. Um, Yeah. And so the way I responded to that, I think, is a little bit, I threw the baby out with the bathwater for a while and (laughs) I conveniently had my children and I went organic farming and I loved it. And then I had this serendipity. Are you okay with me going on with my story and my journey? Yes, I definitely. We all want to know because we're all such fascinating individuals. And oh, how yeah. we get to where we are, we all end up, it seems, very, very in similar areas. You know what I mean? We, we, I do. Uh, I do. And we I all do. take different journeys. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I was, um, you know, organic farming and loving it. And I was an at-home mum, which I absolutely loved. And, <laughs> I, you know, with my with my children were preschoolers. And, you know, it's a, such a magical time. Yeah. And I had, my husband was an air traffic controller and he did shift work. And there was this one day that I had, it was a mum's morning tea and one of my children was sick. And so my husband said, look, go. I had 40 minutes until he had to go to work. So I went off, and in that time, I had literally a maximum of 10-minute encounter with this woman I'd never met before. She was a lawyer in the family court in New Zealand, and she'd just done a Rainbow Children's course, which is a theta healing course for children. Mm. And she came, you know, she was in that euphoric buzz, having just done a course. And she came back, she was saying to me that she thought she could do more with children through this than she'd ever done as a lawyer in the family court and that she was going to stop practicing law to practice this work with children and families. Wow. And as soon as she said, which she subsequently did, and um, as soon as she said it, I just had this reaction that this was what I came to do. And, mm. you know, it was this, you know, I left for this 40-minute break going I'm going to be an at-home mum I love it and I came back going I have to do this work (laughs) wow yeah it It was was that powerful well tell us about theta um theta healing tell us what that technique is about well in a very quick summary it's about connecting into unconditional love and the support that comes with that unconditional love and recognizing the connection between us all and when you step into that unconditional love, well, you know, stepping into it sounds like we're moving out of ourselves. It's, it's within us. It's within every cell of our being. But when we allow ourselves to recognize it and connect in with it, um, we can move beyond our ego, our duality. We can see a way deeper understanding of truth and connection, mm-hmm. and it brings out amazing virtues in us. And you realize the power of who we are and how we manifest and create our life. And it helps you be able to do that with love in whatever sphere you want to do that in. Well, I know in our in our preparing for the show that we talked about that it, it is so powerful, mind shifting, and, and you can correct me if I'm saying this incorrectly, but in our genetic beliefs and our historic beliefs, how we're from childhood, we come with beliefs of our birth family or the family we're raised in. So, and sometimes they just don't work well in our lives. So you have the power. Now, do you do that through your healing uh, practice or is it, um, how, how does it work, Josh? It's a really good question, Joyce. Um, so, you know, as a psychologist, I my main mode of working was um, cognitive behavioral therapy. And so we were looking at belief systems that people had and helping people learn how to transform their beliefs. And at the time, I mean, I, I'm no longer a registered clinical psychologist. I decided to stay with hmm. more what I'm doing now because I found the yeah. results so profound mm-hmm. with people. Um, but at that time, and so it's probably advanced and I might, you know, so you've got to take into consideration that I'm speaking historically here. Um, 
the research was showing, you know, when, when I worked with someone with depression or anxiety, it could be sort of eight to 12 sessions with someone. And, you know, I worked with lots of people and they had amazing results. And, you know, I'm very grateful for the clients that I've worked with because I've learned so much. Um, but when it came to it with Theta Healing, I realized that a lot of the beliefs that I couldn't quite access or understand were suddenly very understandable. And we hold beliefs on four levels. So the beliefs that we form in our everyday life, you know, from childhood and our life experiences and that we take on, we inherit beliefs. And I used to think it was about seven generations, but I recently read a report by someone who'd done some research, and I've forgotten the journal it was, and I put a link onto my Facebook page. But um, it was saying that the, this researcher had found we inherit 14 generations of beliefs. So, wow. you know, we in- yeah, so we inherit our color, you know, hair color and our propensity for disease and our skin color and, you know, our body shape and all the rest of it. But we also inherit memories and beliefs and prejudices. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And so that's on the genetic level. And we hold beliefs on the collective conscious level. So, you know, Y2K, people were really scared that computer systems were going to work and everything would stop working. And that became a real collective belief. Mm-hmm. But we also carry beliefs on our soul level. And one of the things that I love about this technique is that you can access all those beliefs and transform the beliefs really, really quickly. And you might have heard of Bruce Lipton and the book yes. Biology. So uh-huh. he, he talks from a sort of medical perspective how those beliefs transform. But it's really, really quick. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that you can access all those beliefs on all those levels so quickly and resolve things and transform them really easily. Mm. So when we inherit, you know, the fact that we inherit so many beliefs, you know, right right from conception, they become part of the fabric of who we are. And so we see through them without realizing that they're beliefs. You know, and some of them are really powerful, amazing things. You know, we in, our, in, you know, when you're talking 14 generations, you could bring tens of thousands of ancestors, and they've experienced a huge range of things. And some of them were absolutely extraordinary. And so you've got, and sitting in your DNA, you've got amazing capacities and beliefs and talents that you can access. But equally, you've probably got some that are a bit limiting. So most likely you've had ancestors who have experienced war or famine or trauma or grief. And, you know, there was another study done recently showing that trauma gets carried through the system and gets um, embedded in that conception. And we also carry uh-huh. trauma on the female mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. So that trauma sits there and our nervous system is wired for survival. And so our nervous system is wired to look at what could go wrong. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so it's got a, it's had a propensity to look at the negative aspects that we've inherited for things that can go wrong. Yes. And then focus on those. And so, you know, one of the things that this technique can do is help you recognize that you're actually focusing on things and help you recognize they weren't really yours. You just inherited them. Yeah. And so, you know, resolve whatever the issues are or transform them so that you've got more conscious choice over how you want your life to be. Now, as a healer, you connect with the theta level and you referred to the four levels of Mm -hmm. brain waves. Is that correct? Yeah. Oh, and there's a lot, you know, we've got a lot of brain, different brain waves, but in Theta Healing, we connect to the, it's called Theta Healing because we connect to the Theta brain wave. And actually we can even go deeper than that into the Delta one, but it's just, it's called Theta Healing to reflect that brain wave. Okay. So what uh, are the four, Josh? There's loads of them. We've got. um, Oh, I thought there were only four. No, um, more? Talk about five main ones. So there's Beta, which one that we're in probably right now while we're talking to each other. Uh-huh. There's alpha, which um, my understanding is that people who do Reiki are using an alpha rain, brainwave. It's amazing for pain relief and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's theta, which is, you know, when you're in a deep sleep and you're in that dreaming state, it's a slow. So we're naturally going into this brainwave when we sleep. So everyone can access it. It's just that we need, we're learning to access it when we're awake and when we're conscious. There's mm-hmm. so. Delta, which is that really slow, and there's gamma, which mm-hmm. situates between really fast and really slow. 
Mm-hmm. So when you work with a client, do you um, you go into the theta and then take your client there? I'm trying yes. to understand the process. Oh, good question. Um, so I go into a theta brainwave and I connect with them. And when I'm doing that, I get shown just a, a completely different understanding of what's going on. So... Mm-hmm. And it might sound a bit weird if you've never experienced it, but mm-hmm. I, it's, it's almost like I take myself out of being me and I'm, I'm obviously still me, but yeah. rather than look at someone with my prejudice and my um, perspective on life, I go to see where they're coming from and what's happening yeah. with them. And right. so going to that side of brainwave helps me see them from a really beautiful, loving space. And mm-hmm. I get to see what's happening in their life and why it's happening and yeah, so an example is, um, can I give you an example of someone? I would love it. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be helpful. Yeah, so an example is um, someone I worked with a few, quite a few years ago, and obviously I'll change details, um, but they had experienced, when they were a little girl, that experienced quite a nasty family dynamic where someone had broken into their house with a gun. And mm. um, her, she was in the lounge watching TV, and her dad just said, go to your room. Just, you know, as a dad, you would. You'd want to get her out of the place straight away right. just get out. Yeah. And, then you know, the outcome wasn't great. And she – and I met her as an adult when her daughter was the same age she had been when that happened. And all her life, you know, as a seven-year-old, whatever happens, you're in this egocentric state where the world revolves around you. And as yeah. and the only time she ever got sent to her room was when she'd done something naughty. Mm-hmm. And so she had gone through life blaming herself for the outcome, thinking that she had done something naughty and it was her fault. Mm. You know, we were able to go up and and explain that it was about her being protected and supported and she could see a different level of truth in that. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, it was about her being protected and supported and that she wasn't responsible for it. Yeah. Oh, and what happened from the event that she was – um, carrying that burden, what was it? What was the results of the home invasion? Oh well, I I don't really want to give too many details. Oh, cause okay. Like, oh, okay. But it, but it was a traumatic experience, and she had a she took the responsibility of that. Yeah. Oh, Look, I've seen, I've seen little children who I've see, I see lots of little children in my practice, and parents bring them to me, and I you know I saw this child once who was being quite physically nasty to some kids at school mm-hmm. and when I went and tuned in I sh- I saw that this person was feeling really responsible for their dad they could see the stress that their dad was on it was a little boy uh-huh. Uh-huh. and he could see that his dad was worried about money and and he was trying to take on his dad's stress to help his dad yeah. out and it was mm-hmm. spilling over and so when I explained that to him he when I said what I was being shown he went absolutely and he told off you know told all these examples and his mum's going wow mm-hmm. and we just helped him learn that his dad was able to get support in other ways and that he didn't have to be responsible for that and if he could feel the stress he could talk about it with his mum so that his mum knew and they worked out some strategies that he could be free and I actually got a phone call from the teacher saying he's just transformed it's, yeah oh my goodness Wow. So one simple session and it was hugely transformative for him. Mm. Yeah. I think we could almost think, I'm thinking as I'm you're talking, that we could almost say bullying is part of a example of how our children are being influenced in the home. Don't you think? It can not so be. Much, it, I mean, I, it's not the diagnosis that that's where it comes from, but it's possible that a child seeing adult behavior could be transferred. Oh, it can be very much so. And it can also be that they're not feeling very confident or they don't know how to love themselves and they're trying to get some sense of power or control in their lives by doing it that way as well. Well, we're going to take a short break here and come back um, and talk more about the programs that Josh... Um, teaches and uh, it's it's just amazing what she does but as you can see this is a powerful um, practice for helping people heal so we will be 
back shortly to talk more with my guest, Josh Hopkins. Hopson. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at freegiftfromjoyce.com. Close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits. Where would you go? Who would you meet? What would you do? During an Uncover Your Hidden Genius session, you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose, passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. Welcome back. We are having a fascinating talk with Joss Hopson. I'm just trying, I tell you, Joss, I'm working on your name, aren't I? (laughs) Must be that southern accent. (laughs) It's something, but I'm pretty famous for, for these names. But in looking, I did go to your website. And what is your website? Just share that with my guests, if you will. Yep, JossHobson.com. So J-O-S-S-H-O-B-S-O-N.com. Yes. And there you find you will find that Joss is very, very busy doing workshops. She offers those as well as having one-on-one clients, which she shared with us just one uh, story as much as she could. But she, the thing that I found fascinating is that there's not just, you know, theta healing, there's advanced theta healing, there's big dipper theta healing, (laughs) intuitive theta healing. My goodness, it just goes on and on. But the interesting thing was the plant Theta healing, yes. And I guess that does that come from the the. Well, we're going to come back to that one, and then animal theta healing. Yeah. And because I have my sweet puppy of eleven years with me, I I totally get the theta healing. When she's yeah. not feeling good, I need a healer, you know, yeah. Yeah, to help her. It? It's like a baby. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is the plant theta healing? Oh, look, it's phenomenal. I mean, I could tell you a little bit about the philosophy behind Theta Healing and that we're all amazing. You know, mm. we've got, you've heard the saying, we're not, you know, we're we're not a human with a soul. We're a soul with, a, you know, being a human experience. I'm yeah. really bad at meshing that quote, but hopefully you know what I'm meaning. And so, you know, there are lots of different planes of existence that, you know, like the mineral world and the plant world and our world and the spirit world and the laws that are around us in terms of, you know, cavity and electricity and things like that. So the plants are part of what we call the second plane and they are magnificent beings. And this the, the class that talks about the plant realm is a one-day class and you learn how to tune in and listen to plants. You learn how to give them a healing and also receive a healing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting working, we're on a farm, lit, so you'd probably call it a more of a lit than anything else from where you are with the size of farms that you have in America compared to here. But we're on a little lifestyle block, as we call them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I see in uh, quite a few people who are farmers in my practice. And for some people, they can feel really tired because they're constantly giving. Um, mm-hmm. But when you let yourself receive that love and support, it's it's quite phenomenal. So we learn to tune into them. We learn to um, 
work with them. We learn to work out the essences that are helpful for us. We learn how to, you know, like how to harvest vegetables if you grow your own food, how to recognize the vitality in them, how to absorb them. It's related to the vitamins in your body as well. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's quite yeah, it that would be interesting. I I can't imagine communicating with a plant. I mean, I've sent many a plant away because I know I wasn't communicating with them for sure. Like yeah. water, you know, just the basic care of plants. But um, I do know that um, the power of working with a healer for your animals. I have. Uh, had help more than once with my dog. So, um, but tell us about you and I visited a little bit about um, the the transition women go through in the aging process. Yes, yes. We and how you have helped them. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's interesting because having you know I'm on the coming through side of the menopausal change of life, mm-hmm. and it's so liberating that is so liberating and one of the things that I found is you know you go through the flush stage which anyone who's gone through menopause or in it will understand is that these flushes can come on incredibly quickly and you know one one moment I'm feeling cold and the next moment I'm sweating and you know so much sweat it's dripping off my fingertips Uh, it's hard to yes it's uh, so much fun to experience (laughs) (laughs) but what I found is that every single time I had a flush it was connected to a belief system and it was like the it's almost like this amazing opportunity to transform from being someone whose primary role is to care for others you know I'm saying that slightly tongue-in-cheek yeah to coming into your prime and into who you truly are and so any belief system that's no longer helping or serving you just came up and the way that I was being shown that was through a flush and every single time I had a flush if I went just to cancel clear whatever that system was you know most of the time I didn't know I Mm -hmm. it was just but as soon as I cancel cleared it and then I went in and went what was that going on that I need to transform and the flush would just stop straight away it was really powerful Mm -hmm. and I you know, I've met some women who dread going into menopause and they find it just exhausting and horrible. Mm-hmm. And I think the attitude you bring to it is really powerful. I remember when I worked, you know, years ago when I worked in the hospital and doing some work in the brain injury unit. And at that, you know, it was very unofficial sort of comment. But one of the doctors was saying that the best predictor of outcome is personality and the way you mm-hmm. approach Oh, yeah. And they were saying you could have two people with the technically the same injury and one would be quite debilitated and the other would mm-hmm. recover well. And so they said your attitude and your personality has a lot mm-hmm. to do with the outcome. And I found mm-hmm. a similar thing with menopause that, you know, I, when I met women who were dreading it and they were worried about it, it was much harder for them. And, you know, I'm not saying that people who are experiencing horrible symptoms have got a negative attitude, so please don't take that. Right. Looking at it as an amazing opportunity to transform and to come into your own power and to be comfortable with that and know how to be in your power in the most loving, amazing way that's safe for you, safe for everybody, Mm -hmm. is, yeah, it was hugely liberating and it made the experience phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And for me, um, having the ability to recognize what the th- thoughts were and transform them made it so much easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll share with you. Um, in December, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, the way I, I kind of looked at it is kind of like I've looked at most things in my life. It's okay, this is what you, but I was very early, so it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, some people are diagnosed so late that it makes their yeah. journey very difficult, very difficult. And so, anyway, mine was so early that I, uh, you know, it was hardly there, but it was still needed to be handled. And it, uh, and so my whole attitude is, okay, what do we do next, 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 mm-hmm. next? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so the, tr- you know, once I did my research as to where my treatments would be done and what would be done, um, it's it 
I moved through it and people kept saying, you look good. (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm okay. Yeah. But the attitude, they kept saying, my gosh, you're just doing this great. And honestly, I take no pride in it other than it was a way of handling, it's the way I handled that disease. And Mm -hmm. uh, so thank goodness I'm through my radiation and and clear and so but I I I do understand that my mind was never I was dying um it was that I'm doing what is necessary to heal yes yeah it's a really interesting switch when you flip that to Mm -hmm. um you know what do I need to do to heal and it was interesting because I had a session with someone yesterday with an issue that they've had for quite a while and this person came in going you know, I'm at that stage now where I'm like, what do I need to do to move beyond it rather yes. than what do I need to do about mm-hmm. it? That makes mm-hmm. sense. And that mm-hmm. transition was just the difference that enabled her to really move beyond it and no longer have it as an issue. So, you know, all kudos to you for being able to approach it from that perspective. It's quite a shock when you get the diagnosis. Yes. Mm. You go, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> you must be wrong. <laughs> Oh, it's interesting, isn't it? But again, we often bring to disease all the the belief systems that our collective society has with them as well, yeah. and that sometimes make it harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, now it's well, up to me to keep my body healthy, right? Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, but one of the things that that I find quite interesting is, you know, like what are we learning from why we create our reality and I know it's it's a comment that gets bandied around but we really really do and I had this really interesting experience that helped me understand that in a deeper way last year and we were driving back from Auckland it's like a five-hour drive we'd been away with family you know on a family trip and when we're doing a family trip my husband and I go hour about with driving so that you know we get out of the car and we all play tag and stretch and hop back in the car and keep (laughs) (laughs) just helps make the journey more enjoyable and um, and it was coming up to my turn to switch to switch and we were going to be going through a gorge and a bit of a windy and up over a mountain pass sounds beautiful and and so it was like five minutes before it was my turn to to drive and and I went oh I love this bit of the drive there's this tree over here and coming up and we're going to turn the corner and then there's that tree and at that moment I had this really surreal experience (laughs) where suddenly the vision went blank and I and I went not literally like I went blind but suddenly in my mind's eye this it was like this clear um manuscript or clear whatever artists draw on you know cloth to draw on and all of a sudden this tree that I in my mind's eye that I knew we were going to be going past was appeared and I went oh it's you know it's coming into spring I thought there'd be more leaves on it and boom suddenly it disappeared and there was the same tree with more leaves and I went this is a bit surreal what (laughs) yeah and and then I went and we're going to be coming around that corner and suddenly that corner appeared and I went to my husband, I think you need to carry on driving. <laughs> Time to switch. <laughs> yeah, I got shown that we layer and we create our reality in every aspect of it, and it was it was a really surreal way of showing me. But I got shown we really, really do, and mm-hmm. it's you know it's like with our life has so many infinite potentials of how it could be. And we layer our belief systems on what it was. And I was showing how I was expecting to see the tree in a certain way. And so the tree transformed to be that way. Mm-hmm. And how we all see things and subtly differently according to our beliefs and our expectations. And, you know, you, you get that all the time. You see you're in a room and everyone picks up something different in a conversation or interprets yeah. it slightly differently. Yeah. Yeah. And it was this May, and so you know we're literally creating our lives every moment, and you know so if you're going to the grocery store and you open your wallet and you've got no cash in there, if you're going, I have no money, mm-hmm. that that's what you're creating. Whereas if right. you go, I forgot to put my cash in my wallet, <laughs> you know, you're creating a different reality, and we really create a reality all the time, and the way that reality gets layered. And created is so dependent on all these belief systems that we have underlying us. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, there's so much support around for us, but some of those belief systems mean that we don't access them. And, and as you can clear the limiting beliefs, you can manifest the most extraordinary life. Yeah, it's really, it's exquisite. Yeah, I, you're talking about manifesting the life that you enjoy. And mm. uh, I know you've created it by just, you love being a mother, you love being a wife, you love your career. And it's mm. that attitude, even though you're you're confronted at times, as we all are, with uh, misfortunes or, or challenges, let's say, not misfortunes, just challenges in our life it's like seeing they're just passages and they're not who define who we are that's a really profound comment i totally agree with you there joyce yeah and if you can see that as passages it's it's helpful Mm -hmm. it's really helpful yeah I remember in my 20s, there was a woman that wrote a book called Gail. Her name was Gail Sheehy, and she wrote a book called Passages, and it was about a woman, a woman's life, her passages. So interesting, but I haven't thought of that in years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all have passages that we go through. We do, we do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I think of life as a little bit like a chessboard. I don't know if you play chess or not, but I've got children that love it, so I've learned it. And mm-hmm. you know, um, when you if you look at it from where you are, whether you're on the, the black or the white pieces, that in a chessboard there's little pawns that move one square at a time, but there are other pieces that can do a long diagonal or go in any angle. And I often think life is a little bit like that as we journey through life. There are some things that come in and it's like they come out of nowhere and swipe us, but they've got a purpose and a meaning. Mm -hmm. And if you can work out what that purpose is and what it's helping you learn or transform so that you can move in the way that's an even higher and better way or a more loved way, then you can look at those sort of long diagonal things that come seem to come out of nowhere. And if you can bring some gratitude into it, it's really powerful. Oh, gratitude is. So important. Yeah. And I don't think we realize that, particularly coming in. I found when I started, it was it was hard to, we have so many comforts in the United States mm-hmm. uh, that it's sometimes hard to relate to even the simplest things like I breathe on my own today, I breathe easily today, I have food on my table, things like that, that. I'm not saying all Americans have those that situation because there are Americans that do struggle, but um, for uh, in comparison to the world, I think we are very fortunate. Yeah, and I would say New Zealand is as well. Oh, we're extremely fortunate here. Yeah. yeah. Again, you yeah. know, there are many people who are really struggling to get food on the table or have places to live. But as a as a society, we live in relative peace. We, you know, we're a tiny little island in the Pacific mm-hmm. Ocean. And by our perception, it's not tiny, but by global perceptions, it is. And, you know, our nearest neighbor, Australia, is a three and a half hour flight. Really? And, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't realize it was that far. Yeah. 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 And um, so we're very surrounded by water and we're relatively safe and peaceful and passionate about sport as a culture, um, mm. as is America. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. But you know, in terms of passages, I was um, thinking just before about a situation a few years ago, one of my children disclosed that he'd been bullied at school for a while and I'd seen mm. something going on. But you know, he he was finally ready to tell me, and um, and I I was really unhappy with how the school handled it, and I fa- and it was really interesting. I mean, they actually handled it fine. It was just my stuff and my process and my learning. But at the time, going, you know, I I've learned all these strategies and I've seen all these people and helped them and la la la, and I found it really hard to let go. Mm-hmm. And eventually what I – and I was like, what am I meant to be learning from this? Why – you know, I found if if something keeps coming up in your mind, it's because there's something you're meant to be learning, some way mm-hmm. deeper learning. Mm-hmm. And I – you know, my poor little vegetable garden, I'd go out there and I'd dig in the garden and um, try and go – and, <laughs> and 
I had this moment where it was really intriguing. And one day I was out, and like six weeks later, I was still going, Err. <laughs> it was really interesting because I had this one moment that I was digging in the garden and I went, okay, I'm over this. What is it that I'm meant to be learning from this? And in my mind's eye, I had this image of the little boy who'd been doing the bullying. And it was, I saw, and I went, okay, so you're giving me a gift here. What's the gift you're giving me? And this might sound a little bit odd, but what I was showing it was it was about egotism. And and uh-huh. and my you know in my ego I'd been going you know I'd worked as a psychologist I'd helped teacher managers I'd helped teachers manage this before and yada 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 and uh-huh. it was my ego and it was like actually it didn't need to be done the way I did it and so I thanked this little boy for giving me an opportunity to learn that my ego was blocking me from seeing uh-huh. and it was re- and it was it was really phenomenal and it was like you know, in my mind's eye I saw him doff his cap and and fade away. Mm -hmm. And when I stood up, I saw joy and I felt joy in a way that I had never felt it before. It was, you know, like massive rainbows appearing around me and, and I, my cells tingled with joy and I looked and I saw joy just radiating from Uh my family in a way that I never had before. And, and I realized how much that ego of right and wrong and I'm right and you're wrong and Mm. that righteousness had been blocking so much potential to have an amazing life and I've really really and it was interesting and after that I went and approached the family about it and we had this incredible gracious session Mm. and you know they were a family your family the family of the boy who'd been the bully oh the family of the boy oh yeah And I had this phenomenal, you know, with the mum. She was so beautiful and gracious. And I had, you know, I'd, we'd, we'd known each other. It was a small country school. And we'd always said if there was any incident with our children, we needed to disclose to each other so we could help each other yes. share it. Mm-hmm. And so, but I had to wait until I was at a point that I could come with grace. Yeah. And so I phoned her up and said, look, you know, this has been going on. Can I come and have a chat? And it probably wasn't an easy conversation for her, but I was able to walk in and just, I was able to bring so much gratitude and I was able to thank her son for helping me learn that I needed to balance my ego and, mm-hmm. and explained that I had been able to reach so much profound joy as a result of releasing it. And she was, you know, we sat and we had a coffee and she was so gracious. And the interesting thing is that I then got shown that my son had 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 felt, you know, I talked earlier about that example of the little boy who felt his dad's pressure at work. And my son had had felt the pressure of helping me learn to balance my ego and take that professional Uh attitude out of it and be uh-huh. more open to other ways. So I released uh-huh. him of the obligation to help me. And ever since then, he's had no incidents whatsoever and his confidence has gone up. And Oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, now, but, I'd like for you to share with my audience how they can get more information about your work. And I think you have some giveaways on, on your site that you might want to explain. We just have yeah, a really yeah. time. Yeah, on my side, if people go to my website, there's I've got a blog there and I share processes that I've learned or experienced or beliefs that people that might be relevant for people to explore and look at. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're wanting to, I mean, there are many modalities that people can learn. And I think the important thing is to find the one that's right for you. Um, me, Fader Healing was it. But there, there are many ways that you can learn this and find the one that that resonates with who you are um for me coming from a place of love is just so powerful and i think that's really profound and um the main website for theta healing is thetahealing.com and in that you can find any practitioner around the world um you just go on there and you know find a practitioner or a course you can learn it yourself lots Mm -hmm. of people that I teach learn it because they want to be able to use it for their family and it you know yes. it's, and mm-hmm. so you know there's so many examples like you know being able to help my children sleep within seconds you know it's really powerful mm-hmm. um, so but, you can do it from with you do healing over the internet right or phone I do but find uh-huh. a practitioner that's right for you um uh-huh. and you know there are there are many people that do it and I just encourage people to learn it themselves so that they can use have the technique and the skills themselves. Yeah. But you know, if people are having a bit of a challenge, I think 
just asking yourself, what am I learning from this? And often yeah. it's not what you think it is. It's often quite different. And, you know, start off like you said before, breathe. Sometimes, you know, breathing and helping your nervous system calm down and relax yeah. so that yeah. you can – no, you don't need to be so frightened. There's, there's a deeper, often a really deeper gentle. Well, I know we could go on and talk more about this because it's such a healing modality that we all can use and implement into our life. Even you could become one, as, as Josh has shared with us and said, learn the technique so that you can help your family. And certainly you've given great examples of how other people have used it in their lives. So I want to say, my dear, that's far, far away in New Zealand, thank you very much for being my guest today. And, you know, it's just wonderful to have uh, crossed paths with you. And I look forward to the next time that we spend time together. Likewise. And thank you. Yes. Thank you for being on the show today. You're for those, welcome. yes. For those people that are interested in, in go to thetahealing dot com, learn more about the practice, and then go to j o s s h o b s o n dot com, and learn more about the practices that Josh does and um, implement them into your life, change your life, making a positive approach to living a fulfilled life. As always, I appreciate that you're here. I hope you walk away with valuable information that you can implement into your life. Because that's why we're here, to have the best life we can. And to enjoy every day. Would you make that decision every day? So I ask you to start with love, just as Josh helped us with today. And also, make sure... That you help somebody this week with a supporting hand or a praise. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, thank you, Josh, for being with us. And we look forward till next week when we will be visiting another great healer. Um, So we look forward to seeing you then. Thanks for being here. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at www.JoyceBufordEmpowers.com forward slash services. Join us again in one short week for another edition of Second Wind with author and coach Joyce Buford.